Universal has a new monster, and they're not happy about it. That plus reported casualties in the streaming wars and a lot more on today's episode of the Geek Watch Podcast. This is the Geek Watch Podcast with Brian Hatcher and Mandy Petrie. Greetings, Geek Watchers, and welcome to episode 97 of the Geek Watch Podcast. I'm Brian Hatcher, and with me, as always, Geek Watch's own resident geek goddess, Mandy Petrie. Hello, Brian. So we've got uh, some movie news to talk about. There, There is uh, a trailer or two we can talk about. There's a lot of stuff going on, a lot of news about uh, different streaming services and shows, uh, what's coming out, what possibly might not be coming out. Mm-hmm. Um, but before we get to that, we do have an immemorial Today, this happened about a week and a half ago, but they're, it's now hitting the, the news at this point. But uh, Bryce Armstrong passed away at 83. Uh, most people know him from his voiceover work in anime. He's done a, a bunch of different animes. What, what most people will know him for, especially if you're a big fan of Toonami back in the, uh, back in the early uh, 2000s, mm-hmm. he, did, he did voices for Dragon Ball Z, the original series. Okay. He was Captain Ginyu, he was Lord Slug, and he was all, more notably, he was the narrator. Okay. So after yeah. you'd basically watched about an hour of Dragon Ball Z where the two people screamed at each other and mm-hmm. hadn't thrown a punch yet. Right. And then you got his narration <laughs> at the end. And said, they have been standing here. <laughs> or that, that sounds a little more like Speed Racer. Yeah. I can't do a good... Uh... Yeah, but that that's Bryce, so that was Bryce Armstrong, and he uh, yeah he uh, passed away uh, last week, and of course we're just finding out about it now. So I did want to mention that uh, today on the podcast. Oh, J.R. Tolkien's son. Oh, yeah, he passed away. Oh yes, mm-hmm. I, I, yeah, I I, 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 I had forgotten about that. Mm-hmm. Yes, he did pass away, didn't he? Yes. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we will we'll definitely. And mention... he was he was he was up there, man. He was like oh yeah ninety eight something like that. Yeah yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, so. So yeah, we should we should definitely mention that as mm-hmm. well. Mandalorian's already got their season two confirmed, but uh, mm. everything else, <laughs> well, I would say everything <laughs> else, but there's a lot of stuff up in the air at this point. Amazon passed on the Dark Tower series. We've been talking about that. Really? Yep, they're not. Wow. The biggest problem they ran into mm. is they've got a Wheel of Time series coming out. They've got uh, okay. ga- they've got uh, I think they're doing a Game of Thrones spinoff also. Amazon or not Amazon? No, no, I'm sorry. HBO. Um, well, well, Amazon's doing a uh, what? It's not it's not Game of Thrones. What it's is it a is it a Lord of the Rings? I think. Some, oh wow. Um, they're doing. I uh, haven't heard about this. Well, yeah, that's neat. Were so, they doing like the Cimmerillion? I don't know what else. Yeah, is maybe left. <laughs> so. I was trying to remember, but uh, but the thing about it is the the production value of these uh, of these two yeah. shows are pretty high, yeah. and apparently the production value of the of the Dark Tower not so much. So <laughs> they said it doesn't quite reach the uh, level of uh, uh, of quality that we're, we've been putting out so far, mm-hmm. and so they just basically took a pass. Now my understanding is. Um, the the pilot for Dark Tower is being chopped around some other places, so it may show up somewhere. But... Dune. Are they the ones doing Dune? Oh, you're talking about the... the... Well, I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think. I know somebody's doing a Dune TV, mm-hmm. and it might be Amazon. Maybe that's where, yeah. Yeah, but... If you're going to budget because, out. And, yeah. yeah, because I know... Well, I mean, I know we're getting a movie here. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, uh, yeah, so... And then the, the Sisterhood, the Ben Jesuit Sisterhood. Yeah. Uh but uh, yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. Amazon—the stuff they put out is pretty high quality. Mm-hmm. So apparently, um, 
whoever did the pilot uh, that they just looked at and they're like, well. no, sorry, which is which is just a shame. But of course, yeah. a lot of people have been saying that this wave of Stephen King stuff we've been getting recently, it's starting to drop off at this point, mm-hmm. you know, uh, because of course, Dr. Sleep, which I thought was a really good movie and people who saw it thought it was a really good movie, but it didn't do so well. Yeah. So people are starting to wonder. And if, we got the tall grass and, uh, yeah. So I get, um, was... but, uh, so, uh, you know, uh, as of right now, we'll have to wait to see what happens with dark tower, but, uh, um, HBO's not doing a season two of Watchmen. They've already announced that as mm-hmm. well. Uh, Damon Lindelof, who produced the first one, he was like, I- I'm just not really interested in doing a part, uh, a second season. And so HBO was like, well, if you're not interested in it, well, we're not really interested in trying to find, mm-hmm. find somebody well, who wasn't is. Wasn't that kind of the plan to begin with to do a self-contained story and not, well, you know... Well, you know, that was that was the plan for sure, that they wanted that season to be self-contained. So if there mm-hmm. wasn't a, a, a season two, that it wasn't going to really hurt anything. And I, I think that's a good, you know, I think that's uh, a really good way of looking at it. Obviously, if they'd had a huge cliffhanger at the end of uh, of Watchmen, it would kind of suck at this point. You're like, well, we're never going to know. <laughs> so I, I think it's a good, again, I think it's, a, and that may be part of the reason why Dam, uh, Damon Mindelof didn't want to, uh, he, he didn't, he wanted to have that season to be self-contained mm-hmm. because he knew, oh, I'm, I'm going to do one season of this and that's about all I'm interested mm-hmm. in. So. And so you haven't watched it yet? No, I haven't. Okay. So you don't know that there was a giant cliffhanger at the end. Oh, was there? Was there really? <laughs> oh, oh, good Lord. Oh, that, oh, that's, oh, that's <laughs> well, bad. Well, to me, it, I don't, it's not the kind of cliffhanger that's, that bugs you. I think it's the cliffhanger that was, it's the lady or the tagger. It's something that you decide or what the, the spinning top and what was the inception, the right. spinning top and inception, you know, it's kind of what you decide, what you feel like goes next uh, kind of thing. So, you know, that's where I went with it. It didn't piss me off like it's pissed off yeah. other people. Well, I, I know that, uh, of course, when uh, when they did Sherlock, the first season of Sherlock, of course, it ended on, uh, mm-hmm. you know, uh, Sherlock and Watson basically yep. uh, under, uh, look like they're about ready to get shot to death, you know. Blown up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Lots of the laser track, mm-hmm. you know, just a lot of crazy stuff at that point. And I figured that was just... Uh, you know, uh, Stephen Moffat's way of going, okay, you might not renew this, but I dare you. <laughs> I dare you not to renew it. You know, yes, I will get, uh, I will eventually watch, uh, uh, get to Watchmen. Right now, I'm just getting, trying to get caught up on movies. Now that the, mm-hmm. the season, uh, the Oscar season is upon us, it's opened uh, up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So now Jojo Rabbit is back and I'm planning on catching that, uh, in okay. the next few days. I, I did, uh, I did get to see Parasite, which was the uh, the Korean film. Yeah. Uh, so. Oh wow. Yeah. <laughs> it's a uh, it's a crazy little con artist crime drama okay. uh, with this uh, kind of like I said messed up family. Okay. Who um, who managed to calm this rich family into basically hiring them on hmm. to do to do things for them, and they're mm-hmm. making uh, making a good amount of money doing it. So. Um, but uh yeah as of course it's it's the uh uh it's karma catching up with you that that whole kind of uh thing because it's like they see a good thing and they just assume they're the only ones who knew about it <laughs> I'd, i'll leave it there i okay. mean you're you're best off not knowing anything about this movie going into it but oh my it's okay. it's messed up it's really messed up there was i, I toward the end that I, I would uh 
the place um, where I went to see it, it's uh, there's a micro theater in Charleston, and uh, it was packed. There wasn't an empty seat. Oh, wow. Okay. And uh, and uh, there was there's this one scene at the end where everything just goes to hell in a handbasket, and the and the lady who was sitting next to me put her head down and just covered her eyes and ears. <laughs> uh, she didn't. Uh, she knew what was coming. At that point, she's like, "I I can't watch this." So she covered her ears, closed her eyes, and just put her head down uh-huh. and just. So was it subbed or dubbed? It uh, oh, it was um, it was subbed. Okay. Yeah, uh, I'm I'm not the biggest fan of dubbing mm-hmm. for sure. Um, but, uh, yeah, it was, uh, and I, I, and I know they're planning on doing a television series based off mm. of it. Uh, it's not okay. being done by the director, but I, I think the director's involved in it mm-hmm. and it's going to expand upon this family and, and stuff they were into and all, and all that stuff. But, uh, Interesting. a lot of people were worried, me included, that they were just going to make an American version of this because they thought, well, mm-hmm. well, these are Americans. So, yeah, like you know, old boy or, mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, which I've I've never been a fan of, especially mm-hmm. when you've done it right the first I think time. They're doing that uh, tra- last train to Busan. They're well, they're doing a sequel looking, to it. Oh, see, they're doing it, uh, for over there, not yeah, because uh, I'd heard you know doing it doing an American version of it. I don't know if it was last train to Chicago or whatever. Um, yeah, well, that you works, know the, but, that's that that's the thing. It's like mm-hmm. as Americans, you know, you hate to be thought of as you know as as uh, you know. Uh, people who are uncultured or whatever and then you go and it's like well you take somebody's good movie and you're like well let's put white people in it so Mm -hmm. it matters it's like no don't Mm -hmm. do that yeah like i said it's especially when it's it's uh, they've already done it extremely well and parasite is definitely that Uh, okay and of course i i see why you got a a a best a best movie nod Mm because it's it's really really good okay and um I don't know if it's going to get the Oscar for it, but uh, I would definitely say that uh, it's up for also best foreign film, and I'm pretty sure it's going to get it for sure. Mm-hmm. But let's get back to um, now that we've uh, stepped off <laughs> into this uh, tangent, uh, we'll get back and talk a little bit about uh, some of the streaming service stuff, because we've been talking about the stuff that um, that is true, and then, of course, we got to talk about rumor, because uh, because there's so much like I said, news going on. And there's so much rumor and speculation going on that we, you know, maybe get a chance to clear up a little something because I've been, I've been hearing all these rumors about how Lucasfilm had canceled the Obi Wan TV series. There'd been all this stuff going on in press. It's like uh, there was problems between uh, Hugh McGregor and uh, issues that he was having with movies he was shooting, and there was um, c- uh, conflicts, and that you know he was having issues uh, with the. Um, you know, uh, with the director, writer, you know, and there was all that talk. And then it was like, well, okay, they're, they're still planning on doing it, but, uh, there may be some delays. And the last that I heard about it was, um, representatives of McGregor basically come out and said, not all this is garbage. (laughs) None of it is true. None of it, you know, everybody is happy with everybody and, uh, it's going to come out on time and everything is on track. Uh, which I, I understand there'll be some people out there going, oh, this sounds like a conspiracy. This can't possibly, they're trying to cover it up. They're trying to cover it up. So, uh, well, if it comes out on time and every, and uh, and everybody seems to be happy, then I suppose then this was all a rumor. So hey. the other thing that I heard, and just, which just came out of nowhere, and when I first heard it, I'm like, I hope this isn't true because, uh, but they were saying that, um, that uh, Hawkeye was going to be canceled. The Hawkeye TV huh. 
Okay. And, um, you know, the thing about it was, because I know Jeremy Renner forever uh, was saying that he always wanted to do a Hawkeye TV show like they did on Netflix. He wanted, because, you know, of course, that would give him a chance to expand his character. Oh, yeah. And, um, of course, then he had that opportunity come out, and it's like, oh, they're, you know, I heard rumors that they were having to delay the production, and some it was, it was going to, it was, um, it was on uh, hiatus indefinitely and all that, and apparently none of that was true at all either. So, but yeah, so all that seems to be garbage. So I guess we'll get Hawkeye. <laughs> so again, um, you know, so we be- get Obi Wan, we get Hawkeye. We will good. get that. Um, I I do have to mention is uh, a, a little bit of a new topic, but I thought this was real. Uh, I thought this was interesting. Seth MacFarlane just signed a two hundred million dollar deal with NBC Universal hmm. to develop uh, de- develop shows for their streaming service. Oh wow! Okay, so. No panic, guy. Uh, nothing's happening to the Orville or mm-hmm. to American Dad or uh, uh, Family Guy. He's still contracted to do those shows. He's still going to be doing them. He's basically got a development deal with uh, NBC Universal. Apparently, he talked to a bunch of streaming services. He talked to Apple and he, he talked to he talked to Disney and and uh, uh, NBC Universal ponied up the big money. They gave wow. him two hundred million dollars. Mm-hmm. So. You know, the thing about it is, of course, a lot of the stuff that he does, and well, Orville has kind of stepped away from it, but his, his humor has been more adult. Mm-hmm. I think the Orville's shown that he can, uh, he can play in other, you know, in other sandboxes beside that. And that might have been what made him attractive to NBC for his, their streaming service. But, uh, um, but yeah, that's a, that's a nice chuck and change. Yeah. I'm, of course, the thing is, I'm wondering where, uh, where Universal's going to get the money to pay for it because, well, I got to bring it up. Uh, their movie Doolittle's not doing so well. Yeah, see, I hadn't even known that Doctor Doolittle was had come out yet. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know it was out yet. Well, that's another problem that they have, I guess. Well, um, it looks so good. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you know, um, here's here's the thing about it. Uh, of course, the first Doctor Doolittle had Rex Hedder- Harrison in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was made in 1967, so I was alive. Uh, I was alive, but. Not old enough to really remember it. I remember mm-hmm. seeing it on TV. Right. But uh, it tanked at the box office, too. But then it turned around and won an Oscar. So. Mm. Okay. Because the studio really levied. Uh, they they campaigned hard to, uh, for uh-huh. that movie. But, uh, yeah, but it tanked. It, it tanked originally. But then again, mm-hmm. you know, how many classic great movies have, have tanked in the box office? Bunches of them. Right. So. But. Um, but yeah, this remake. Uh, here's the thing about it: it didn't just tank; it tanked spectacularly. Their Did it hope... go up against anything? What was the a uh, Bad Boys Forever? <laughs> you know, <laughs> okay. so yeah. But uh, I mean, the biggest I think the biggest issue uh, with it, um, I, I guess, it just it just didn't really have an audience. They thought, uh, well, the thing about it is, you know, they you know Robert Downey Jr. Right, you star know, power. He has, he definitely has star power, and it's not just you know in in Marvel movies. Mm-hmm. Here's the thing about it: is when I first saw the trailer, I thought it was like a Disney film. I thought Disney was putting it out, mm-hmm. um, which I have a feeling Universal uh, they did that on purpose. <laughs> I think they, oh, okay. uh, I think they deliberately wanted it to, people to you know to people to think, oh, this is a Disney film. It's got Robert Downey Jr. in it. Come see it, <laughs> um, but they didn't. In fact, uh, they're hoping that the um, the overseas money will basically help them 
uh, uh, water recoup- world. Uh. <laughs> yeah, hope, they're hoping and hoping recoup. Mm-hmm. But they're saying that at this point, this film might lose one hundred million dollars. Mm-hmm. There are people saying that. I mean, well, right now this movie, uh, this movie is a bigger flop and has lost more money than Cats has at this point. It, it's a bad year for CGI animals. Yeah, it's which not doing. Which I got to say, well. uh, that makes me worry for Peter Rabbit too. You know, <laughs> but you know the thing about it is. What makes that makes that even worse, uh, as far as you know, the fact that Universal is losing one hundred million dollars on uh, on on Doolittle or could, and that it's worse than Cats is, of course, well, Universal put out Cats. <laughs> oh. I'm like they are two in a row for just absolutely just uh, uh, you know. Who did the Eddie Murphy uh, Doolittle back in the? Late nineties, two thousand. I'm wondering. I'm thinking that might have been Universal. Was it? Uh, you know. Well, that had Leah behind it, so they got a sequel. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. There you go. But uh, yeah, I'd forgotten about the Eddie Murphy uh, mm-hmm. remake of that. Yeah, that's true. But uh, yeah, I, I, I feel bad for Universal because they have just they they've had not just two flops in a row, but colossal, massive flops. Wow. So. So I don't know. It's this is this is not good. I don't know. Now they owe Seth MacFarlane about two hundred million dollars worth. You know. Yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot riding on on that pony. They're uh, they're laying some bets down. But you know, he he can put out good uh, good content. You know, Seth MacFarlane. He's very talented. He's uh, oh yeah. You know, not just voice actor, but writer and songwriter, yeah. and you know, he could. You oh, know, yeah, I'm, he, I'm still waiting on his Broadway musical, you know, uh, I don't know what it'll be. Uh, hopefully not A Thousand Ways or A Million Ways to Die in the West. That was. Oh, my uh, God. Yeah. yeah. But th- everyone's got everyone's got one of those. So, yeah. <laughs> well, you know, that that's the thing. I think, well, since you bring up that movie, I think the biggest problem with it was it was definitely Seth MacFarlane trying to to um, to basically uh, monetize what he was known for at the time, you know. That that whole idea of you know of course with Family Guy and being edgy and all that and it's like uh, it's like well that's what they expect from me so let me let me give them <laughs> a lot more of that of course I I'm not a mind reader so mostly I'm not a mind reader but uh, I I don't know if that uh, if that was what was going on into his head but uh, I mean everything just kind of fell flat for the whole you know in that movie I was I was not a fan at all for sure but at the same time it was like I don't I, I felt like I. I don't know if I'm the audience for this movie, mm-hmm. but at the same time, I didn't know who was. Mm-hmm. But like I said, you see things like the Orville and you're like, oh, he's going to do a raunchy Star uh, Star Trek. But he, no, he didn't. Mm-mm. And so, uh, you know, I think under, the, uh, you know, like we said before, I think that's that's what made him really appealing to uh, to NBC because they're like, well, this this guy can do, you know, he, he's more than just this one trick mm-hmm. pony for sure. Yeah, he was waiting for his EGOT, you know, uh, same as... Uh, uh, the South Park Boys, yeah, you know, Trey Parker and Matt Stone. Yeah, yeah, you know they're uh, waiting. You know uh, what? What do they have left to do? They've got their Oscar, they got their Tony, they got their Emmy. So Grammy, just they need a Grammy left. Uh, yeah, so I think so. Their, to yeah. round it out. So yep, that, that's that's basically <laughs> it. So, so I wanted to ask you today, and I, I put this in my notes because I know you've seen this and I haven't yet, but I've mm-hmm. seen the memes. Let's talk Let's talk The Witcher. Ah, The Witcher, yay! So, <laughs> yeah, I was, I was a little leery about it because I was, uh, again, it's like, uh, they're taking a comic book slash uh, video game and they're making a movie, uh, they're going to be making the series out of it, which, mm-hmm. you know, it could be really good or it could be really bad. 
like I said, I've seen a bunch of the I've seen a bunch of the memes on this. Yeah, thing, it's so. very meme worthy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So so uh, you've seen it. Yes. Uh, and the season's over, as I mm-hmm. understand. So yeah. So what did you think of it? I really liked it. Okay. Um, it's I can see that it's not everyone's cup of tea. I had trouble with it because the timeline is crazy. What you think you're watching, you have to listen for these very subtle clues that tell you when in the timeline you are. And then now Netflix has actually put out an interactive map with a timeline. And you can click on the events and the places and what happened on these events. So, you know, that that's very helpful. And uh, so I had, to, I had to watch, like, the first three episodes, like, over and over again. Like, watch episode one, then go back and watch episode one again. And then watch episode two, watch episode two again, and do that a couple of times for me. But, uh, you know, I hadn't read the books. I hadn't played the video games. So, you know, I went into it completely blind. But, yeah, I really enjoyed it. If, uh, you know, you you like Lord of the Rings, if you like your, your high fantasy like that, it's great. They follow rules of magic, which is which is always great. Uh, I like because uh, so many times you have these characters that are just too powerful and they could just do anything. And, you know, in this, you know, magic has a price and you have to pay that price and... I enjoy that aspect of it. Really good characters. And yeah, definitely meme worthy. And uh, like you haven't even seen it, but I'm sure you can sing the song. Well, I mean, technically, no. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, but but the, yeah. But, yeah, but I, yeah, I've heard about, yeah, the song has definitely been memed yes, a lot uh, for and, sure. And toss a coin to your witcher. And, uh, you know, I, I love the memes too. And uh, but I have trouble posting things like on Facebook on Facebook because as a joke I posted uh, how many quarters do you think I can get if I cosplayed Witcher and then the next morning my mom said do you need quarters for parking and it was <laughs> it was so adorable I love my mom so much she oh, does, yeah. does stuff like that and uh, yeah I, I recommend you know especially you like your high fantasy stuff don't be afraid to go back and watch it uh, once or twice and if you just watch it watch the first episode through and you're thinking oh I can't get into this give it another shot and you know and there are the, like I said there are very subtle clues to each scene where you are in the timeline yeah so but it's it's a lot of fun yeah well usually if you have issues with transitions that can be a real problem in a TV show and uh, I mean especially if you're very ADD I mean obviously <laughs> this this is a type of TV show it's not like you're going to have it playing in the background and, and you're doing something else because you're just gonna you're gonna lose track of where you are for sure. I, I have to tell you, just in a uh, you know just at a first blush, if somebody told me in a TV show, it's like, yeah, the transitions are really subtle. I mean, you have to really pay attention, or you're gonna you're very likely going to miss them. And the and they put out a, a guide to let you know where everything is in the timeline. Uh, <laughs> at first blush, I'm like, oh, this is not going to be good at all. <laughs> you know, it's just like uh, when. Uh, when the Dune, the first Dune movie came out, yep. you know, mm-hmm. and uh, they wanted to put out a um, a glossary of for mm-hmm. terms to give to the people in the movie theater, and I'm like, yep, yeah, I mean, well, first of all, it's dark, so you know how you're going to read it, first of all, but you know, the fact they're going to give you a dictionary so you understand the movie, mm-hmm. that may not be your best your best bet, but mm-hmm. like I said, at first blush, this, you know, hearing that, well. The timeline's a little hard to follow. Is like, oh, that that's like, bad. But the timeline is hard to follow, but the story isn't. I don't know how to describe it. Like, it's not not going to ruin it for you. Uh, it, I know that that doesn't sound that that sounds crazy, but watching this story unfold and then realizing that oh, this actually happened, you know, 
a hundred years before this happened doesn't mess up the story for you. Yeah. And you just realize, no, okay, so that wasn't as as long ago as I thought it was, or this was longer ago than I thought it was, or she was born before he was kind of thing. It doesn't ruin the story. It doesn't mess with you, but uh but I'm I'm a stickler and I want to know when things happen. Oh yeah. And so like there's uh one scene where he's talking about a princess that he saved and then he has to save another princess and then you find out, oh, this, okay, this was the princess. Who, that was her. And, you know, it's kind of heartbreaking uh, because realizing that that's who he's talking about and how long ago that happened and how it's still affecting him. Oh, I see. Uh, so it's, it, it really doesn't hurt the, the confusion of the timeline. It doesn't hurt the story. It's just more of like you have these revelations of, well, okay, this happened then. Oh, okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So basically, for I guess as a narrative drive, it's not they're they're being obtuse on purpose because they want you to think one thing and then they reveal it. Yeah. It, yes. Absolutely. I can, okay. Yeah, I can see that. Mm-hmm. Is that okay? Yep. That's, that's what it sounds like you're you're saying. And mm-hmm. uh, if I mean if they're doing it, like I said, if they're doing that as a narrative device, mm-hmm. I, I mean I get that. I mean mm-hmm. I don't. I mean obviously I'm as a writer as as somebody who enjoys art. I don't feel like you have to. You have to have a linear story, mm-hmm. you know. I mean, one of my favorite movies is Memento. Memento, yeah, that's and the that's the complete one. opposite of mm-hmm. a linear story because yes. you know it, 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 they literally tell it backwards, right? And uh, okay, one thing, and it's not very, it's not really spoilery, but what uh, the one that makes me happen, you see this, you see one scene, and you hear this girl talk about a queen, and she said, "You are my age when you fought this battle." Well, in the very next scene, a woman says, well, this queen is only 13 and she just won her first battle. That's what that's oh, what I makes see. you get it. And that's that's when you realize, ah, oh, we're like 30 years ago. And so that's the kind of thing. It doesn't it doesn't hurt, you know, the story that's going on. So, yeah, you just have to pay attention. Yes. Uh-huh. I got and, Yeah, I got you. And, you know, for someone with ADHD, you know, to watch it a, through a few times and. He's like, oh, okay. Like, okay, I just okay now it. I get it. Yes. I got it. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I'm. I am. I. I do have uh, that set up to to watch. So I mean, awesome. I'm, I, so I mean, I need to catch up with that one. And of course, I haven't seen any of a Watchmen yet, but uh, mm-hmm. I, I definitely have that. I mean, eventually I'll get. <laughs> eventually, I'll get, to, get around to these, and especially when you realize when you like, oh, I'm in the present, and then you get really mad. You're like, why is that guy still alive? Why hasn't he killed him yet? And. <laughs> So I can't wait to hear what you have to say about that. Oh, okay, for sure. (laughs) Okay, well, of course, um, this wouldn't be uh, this wouldn't be uh, the Geek Watch podcast in January if we weren't talking about Doctor Who. So let's let's talk a little bit of Doctor Who. Doctor Who. So, and we got a we got a good amount of Doctor Who news to talk about today, Mm -hmm. because uh, first of all, the one thing that surprised me, and this just came out just a few hours ago is that we did get a, a new mid-season Doctor Who trailer. Awesome. No. Yeah. Oh, cool. So uh, just in case you were wondering, uh, is 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 the rest of the season going to start getting progressively dark? Yes. Yes, it is. <laughs> yep. they, they hinted it a little bit in the first, tra- uh, in the first trailer, mm-hmm. but they're really dipping into, into uh, things are going are, are gonna to go bad. I mean, you have, you have people uh, in the TARDIS now questioning uh, how long is this going to go on? We can't possibly be doing this forever. And of course, the doctor's saying, you know, I don't always, you know, I don't get to win all the time. And uh, of course, we get that, um, we get that uh, call back to the master. Everything you've 
you know is a lie. It's a lie, yep. So, and we see some Jadoon in there, so which could mean the Shadow Proclamation yeah. is in on something. Well, I mean, we'll find out next week because that's what, that's the episode with the Jadoon. So, mm-hmm. um, but we'll talk about the the episode this week, the, the episode four, with the uh, creative title uh, Nikola Tesla's Night of Terror. <laughs> I loved it. So yeah, you enjoyed that film. Uh, you enjoyed yes. that one. Uh-huh. Yeah, it, I, I did, and uh, I enjoyed it as well. There was a lot of uh, interesting things in there. Of course, mm-hmm. you get that uh, the the Tesla Edison. Yes, that and was great. <laughs> although here's the thing, though, one thing that I'm I would have liked to have seen them do. Popsy the elephant? No. Uh. <laughs> no, that's not. That's not even funny. But I can't even believe you. I can't even believe you'd even bring that up. Oh, come on, if you're hearing Tesla Edison, you're going to bring up Popsy the elephant. Yeah. Oh, Doctor Who did not. So good for them. Well, there you go. Well, but the thing about it was there was a there was one uh, point in Edison's history where his entire factory burned down. Now I don't with the story that they were telling with the tower and everything else, it might have. They might have had to do some uh, a little bit of uh, a license, a poetic license t- to bring in the factory fire into the story. But I thought that might have been interesting, yeah, especially yeah, because yeah, Edison's factory burned down to the ground. Right, that would have been great, like the uh, the Agatha Christie episode where yeah. she you know had a fugue state and she didn't remember what had gone on. And they brought that into it. Yeah, that would have been a good. Yeah, plot device. especially if the uh, if the uh, villains of the piece had something to do with it. Mm-hmm. You know, he winds up, uh, they wind up killing a lot of his men. If they had burned the factory down, I mean, you bring that kind of bit of history in. I was surprised that they didn't, to be mm-hmm. honest. The other thing that surprised me about the episode, because w- we've been talking about this. Um, of course, the uh, villains were the uh, uh, the the uh, Skithra. Uh, I was space. about to say sleaze stack. I promise I was about to say sleaze stack. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, of course, we've been talking about that because we saw them We uh, we saw them in, in the trailers. And I was like, wow, that, that reminds me of something. And uh, I was sure that they were going to be like a cousin race, you know. But uh, the thing about it was no no mention Don't at all. Arachnos, no, no, mm-hmm. no mention at all about the Rachnos. Mm-hmm. And... I was sure they were going to, especially with uh, Anjali uh, Mohira, Mohindra, let me say her last name correctly, with her, the way she played the queen, the queen was very much like the mm-hmm. Ragnos queen. It was, it, it, I mean, like I said, they could have literally been sisters in mm-hmm. that, in that situation. And I mean, I, the thing about it is it was so close. I, I wouldn't th- I wouldn't have thought that would have been an accident. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? I, I would have figured I would have thought they had done that on purpose and they've done that before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, with with, you know, races that mm-hmm. are similar. The Slovene and the uh, the the Azorbalov. Yeah. From Rax Corcophalabatorius and right. Plum. And uh, the Minotaur, you know, uh, that was uh, a, a cousin race to the Naimon, which, you know, you're connecting old who to new who in mm-hmm. that in that situation but uh yeah i mean i i expected there to be some sort of reference to the uh to the rachnos right of course you know the rachnos a race that was so threatening in the universe that the time lords felt like they had to kill them off mm-hmm. you know and there there's a handful of races where the time lords you know supposedly the nice peaceful we we just watch mm-hmm. Type of uh, situation. Prime of course, directive. <laughs> yeah, their prime directive, and yet there were races, you know, like the like the Rachnos or the Fendal, mm-hmm. where they felt like they had to they had to interfere. Mm-hmm. 
Unless we don't like him. Unless we don't like him <laughs> and they're a problem, then we got to do something about it. But, you know, the thing about it is, yeah, like I said, it, it really surprised me, you know, how similar those two races are that the Ragnos got no mention at all, which I thought was kind of weird because I, I thought that they were doing that on purpose. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's just, it's just so close. It, it's, right. it was just so close. But, uh, you know, maybe there'll be some mention of them later uh, because, I mean, it looks like um, the ship, teleported away at the last minute before they were destroyed. But the thing about it is we've been talking about how the doctor's starting to get dark again. Mm-hmm. You know, she was like, I gave you a chance. And she was uh, she was planning on destroying that ship. Right. You know. Uh, the only thing I can think is that they don't know that they are a part of the rack that they are related to the Ragnos because the Ragnos were so dangerous. But these guys, they're just, you know, like scavengers, like, yeah, like a carrion birds you know picking off uh everything and they can't do anything can't do anything for themselves sort of and maybe that they were just so disgusting towards the rachnos that they kind of cut all ties with them i'm not sure but well you know the rachnos they were a very old race and i mean they they were they were destroyed pretty much before the creation of the of of the earth Mm mm-hmm but, uh, you know, the thing about it to me, as a storyteller, I would think, you know, when you have a threat as, as you know, as you've already established as big as the Ragnos, and you have the, these characters that are kind of scavenger, if they have the potential of being as dangerous as the Ragnos, you have to wonder who messed with them, mm-hmm. where, they're, where they're having to... They don't realize how powerful they are. Or somebody, mm-hmm. or somebody um, like perhaps the Time Lords got involved. Mm-hmm. And knock them down enough pegs that they wound up being scavengers. You know, just something that develops the story. Yeah. You know, like I said, I mean, but the thing is, you can't, like I said, you can't, uh, whether they intended there to be a, a link there or not. I mean, you can't look at the, the Scythra Queen and not see Queen of the Rachnos. Right. You just can't. I mean, it's. They, it's almost played exactly the same. It's, it's you know, so, but, uh, I mean, I like I said, I, I, I enjoyed the story. I enjoyed a lot of the, even though, of course, the history was played a little bit fast and loose, obviously, mm-hmm. but uh, bringing, uh, bringing Tesla into it. But uh, it does also show as well that uh, the fact that it's like Tesla, you mean like the car? Yeah. It's like, <laughs> do you know where the name came from? Mm-hmm. You know? <laughs> Yeah, so. I was I was expecting. I guess I feel like everyone should know who Tesla is. I was like, "Come on, the Tesla coil." Uh, you know, that's <laughs> Oh yeah. You know, that's the thing you played with in school to make your hair stand up and <laughs> Right. <laughs> so, like shouldn't you shouldn't you know that? But Oh yeah. Uh, well, you know, and the other thing too is one of the things and this is what I find interesting about this uh about this episode. I want to kind of want your opinion on this is a lot of people have looked at this as a as a parable as far as being creative as compared to being a Perfect. business person. Okay. And you know, mm-hmm. and the question of that being is the moral of this story, what is better? Is it better to be creative or is it better to be a business person? And I look at that story and I'm like, well, it really depends on how you look at it. Mm-hmm. How because the thing about it is it's like uh, you know, Tesla was the creative one. But people don't remember him. Mm-hmm. Edison, he was he was the money guy, mm-hmm. but people remember him. Mm-hmm. So is being an inventive genius who's not that good at business a better thing, honestly? 
you can see that either way. And I don't know if that's if the writing was intended to be that to basically leave it up to the to the viewer to kind mm-hmm. of decide that for themselves or, you know, if they did, I think that's really creative. I think that's I think that's a really interesting way of telling the story. But then again, I might also be reading more into the story than, than <laughs> the screenwriter put in there. I've mm-hmm. I've been guilty of that a lot of times and uh, very often. Very much like the English teacher who talks about uh, the uh, symbolism in a story. You know, what did the blue curtains mean when the author would tell you, well, it meant the curtains were blue, <laughs> you know? Uh. So, I, you know, like I said, I might be reading something more into the story than, like I said, the screenwriter had intended it for there to be in there. But uh, uh, I'm just going to stick with it. I'm just going to pretend like that was done on purpose. And I'm going to okay. say that was brilliant. Mm-hmm. Brilliant in the way that you didn't have to necessarily draw a line one way or the other. Mm-hmm that you could show both sides of it. Right. You know? And that's why I was a little bit disappointed, even like I said, even though it would have been having to uh, mess around with the timeline a little bit, why we didn't have that moment where the factory burns down. Mm-hmm. I think that would have brought more dimension into the Edison character for sure. Oh, yeah. Um, Instead of just making him uh, kind of be like the, I guess, Lex Luthor sort of, you know. Uh, yeah. And and they sort of talk to talk about him that way and say, oh, you're just getting everyone else's ideas sort of thing. And when it comes to the point of, you know, creative versus business, you have to have that balance because both are absolutely necessary. Yeah. Without the creative mind, there's nothing for the business people to uh, to market without, you know, and then without have, being able to market to the consumer there's nothing for the creative person to there's they don't have an audience right uh, so it's important to have both those types of minds and then if you mix them you know the wrong way then you get Andy Warhol yeah <laughs> yeah and that's... you get the factory where he did all his art yeah so. <laughs> well that, that, that's a very good point mm-hmm. but yeah it, it, there's there's the line about show business the ha- the second half of show business is business mm-hmm. you know and as a you know creative type sometimes we we can shy away from the the business side of things we're like I, you know I, I, you don't want you want to think about following your creative spirit and not concerned about money you know and mm-hmm. that sort of thing so you you know it can be very easy when you're when you're a creative type to basically uh ignore the whole business side of things i mean watch shark tank or dragon's den if you're in europe it's in Australia. It's Shark Tank as well. I mean, you've got the, these business people, and then a lot of times you have a creative person trying to f- offer this product to business people, and then they explain to them, you know, this is why you know we have to we have to have this a certain way. And one of the big things was, well, we don't want to charge that much for it because of the people buying it. And then the business people say, well, then how are you going to pay your employees? Yeah. So you have to have that mind. Yeah. You well, have you know the, the best example of that in this story is when when Tesla is talking to these investors, wanting to get you know get them to invest in this plan he has to make electricity ba- basically wireless electricity, so mm-hmm. that. You don't need batteries. It's just anything that needs power, it'll be able to pull it out of the air. And of course, no investor asked this question, but if I'd have been an investor, my first thing what I would have asked is, how are we going to make our money back on this? Right. We're mm-hmm. basically making, you're, you're going to make electricity free and you can just pull it out of the air. How do you monetize that? Because mm-hmm. you can't. Right. You can't monetize that. Mm-hmm. So you can't make your investment back. Yeah, you can't and, make the money back. He yeah. He's just thinking, if I can get enough money, I can do this. And and it would have been awesome. Mm-hmm. You know, the thought that, you know, you don't have to, anything that, that needs power, 
It'll just pull it out of the air. That's awesome. And that's why synergy is so important between, you know, these kinds of minds. Uh, and then you also, you have to have compassionate people to make you remember about your workers. Right. To remember about your clients. Don't forget that they are humans. Yeah. So well, there's a great book. Uh, I won't get into a whole lot of detail about it, but it's um, it's called The Six Hats. And they say that in any any business you have to have, they consider these like six different colored hats. And it's like, whenever you, you have a business, you have to have, uh, you have to have, you know, these different people will, willing to wear these different hats. You know, you have to have the person who's willing to take an idea and like tear it completely apart, you know, and say, well, this won't work because of this and this and this, and you need to have the, you need to have the conscience and you need to have the creative person, you know, you need to have the practical person, you know, and all these different, uh, different mindsets to make a business run. And, uh, yeah, creativity alone isn't, isn't enough, but it, you know, again, very much like I would say, uh, as, as someone who is very interested in Eastern philosophy as I am, I think that this episode is a really strong indicator of what happens when you go too far from one side or the other. Mm-hmm, you know, I think Edison, in a real sense, you know, he, he may have went too far on the business side of things. And where, you know, Tesla was too much on the creative side. And, you know, if the two of them could work together in and in, in, in a fair way. Right. You know, but that was the problem because Edison was way too business minded, even though he was a scientist. Mm-hmm. Because he was way too business minded, you know, he was never going to get a chance. He was never going to give Tesla a fair shake. Mm-hmm. You know, that whole line about the digging the ditch, you know, in, in the in the show. And so, but uh, like I said, I, I found that... Uh, I may be reading more into the episode than was actually there, but the fact that they made it a little ambiguous and they didn't they didn't have a, a strong demarcation of where, at least to my mind, that Tesla the Tesla was the good guy and Edison was completely the bad guy. Mm-hmm. I mean it obviously the show leaned a little more to Tesla. So they didn't have that uh big come to speech come to Jesus speech at the end of the the show like they did with uh yeah, with orphan 58 or 55 yeah <laughs> orphan 55, 55 yeah yeah. Uh-huh. yeah that's true they didn't mm-hmm. and which uh and of course we talked about that last week and why mm-hmm. that scene at the end didn't quite work for me as a writer but uh, you uh, don't want the big glowing neon sign that says here's the moral blink 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 here's yeah. the moral blink blink, this, blink let me tell you how you feel about it <laughs> you know that it's like this, you know. It's the job of the story to to make you feel a certain way, but you have to you have to get there. They can't tell you, okay, okay, cry now, go ahead and cry. <laughs> it's like that doesn't work. So, but yeah, I think this story worked uh, definitely a bit better. And of course, next week we're going to be getting the Jadoon, so we're getting a, a, another. Uh, it's kind of weird to say uh, a, a um, an old Doctor Who uh, character because this is new Who. <laughs> so, um, and I. But they are about 10 years old, so... (laughs) Yeah, well, that's true, That's because that's how long this has been going on. We Mm -hmm. haven't seen the Jadoon since David Tennant. I mean, I think it was uh, The Stolen Earth was the last time we really saw the Jadoon. Yep. So it's great to kind of see them come back. Of course, whenever they show up, it's not a good thing. Nope. Mm -mm. You know? It's usually uh, with a shadow proclamation, so... Yeah, so they're definitely looking for somebody. And uh, the fact that uh, whatever, whoever they're looking for, that the doctor's stuck in the middle of this... I have to say that the trailers, what I love about the trailer for that episode is uh, it doesn't tell you an awful lot. It just gives you enough to make you interested, but it doesn't it doesn't wreck the plot for you like some some teasers will do. So 
and it seems like, especially with the trailer that we saw today for the second uh, second half of the season, that uh, this is probably going to be a descent into some darkness, uh, and we're going to start to see more of that. So definitely next week we'll have a lot to talk about when we... Um, when we see that episode. And so with that said, we come to the end of episode 97. Thank you for listening and tune in next time for the latest in geek news and views with the Geek Watch podcast. From Andy Petrie, this is Brian Hatcher reminding all the geek watchers out there, we're all geeky about something. Be proud of yours. See you next time. Thank you for listening to the Geek Watch podcast. If you enjoyed this program, don't forget to like and subscribe on your preferred platform and share this podcast on your social media. For links to all the ways you can listen to the GeekWatch podcast, as well as leave comments and suggestions, visit our website at geekwatch.net. The GeekWatch podcast is a Hanging J production.